Hi, this is Web37 Daily, a 1.37 p.m. daily Twitter space on all things NFTs and Web3. Jeremy, who are you? Um, what was your intro into stop motion? Um, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, I mean, for uh, people who uh, aren't familiar with my, my background, uh, I uh, have been doing animation my whole life, all practically. Uh, I started when I was a kid, um, just doing with toys and and uh, and clay and and uh, whatever I had access to when I was uh, like ten or eleven. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's like funny when those things are uh, when you're young, you're doing those things because you enjoy them, not because there's some like you know monetary gain or because it's a career path. You're just like I'm into a thing, I'm doing it. And I'd rather do this than homework at the time. Uh, but yeah, that set me down a path to like pursue animation and study uh, film. And uh, uh, yeah, it, and I can you know do a deeper dive with you on, on some of the aspects. But yeah, I, my, the short version is a uh, you know I studied co- computer animation, uh, realized I hated computers, and then fell back in love with stop motion. Uh, and studied fine arts. And um, then I built up a little portfolio and uh, came out to California and uh, interned a, a small stop motion studio uh, that would eventually um, pick up the uh, uh, Robot Chicken uh, series. And then I worked for them uh, for, I think, the past 10 years, pretty much, um, going from lowly intern to uh, track reader to assistant animator and finally to animator over a span of like six years. And, um, yeah, learned a lot. Uh, had some very humbling experience along the way. Um, had to like make some career shifts, uh, different times. Um, so it wasn't all just one straight shot to, to hear, you know, had to kind of regroup sometimes and, and, and collect myself and figure out the next part. Um, but yeah, then that's part of why I fell in love with NFTs was because, I need to kind of shake things up for myself a little bit. Um, I saw an opportunity with NFTs to pursue my own art and uh, yeah, and, and just kept learning and, and practicing and, and uh, growing in the space. And uh, anyone else who's familiar with NFTs here, it's overwhelming at times, but also really fulfilling. And there's the best people out here doing amazing work 24 seven. So uh, you can, easily get wrapped up in it and thankfully i got wrapped up in all the best parts so uh it's been an amazing uh past year uh you know and now lucky ducky is the culmination of a, a year in this space and um yeah i think that catches me up to uh, where we are today totally um so you said you used to do it for fun but when did you first realize like okay i can actually make money doing stop motion animation like what were some of your first gigs so it uh, started out for fun when I was back in like middle school, high school age. And, you know, high school, they're trying to like push you to go to college and try like to get you to like really hunker down and like, what are you going to do for a job? And I, you know, up till then I'd thought of like, okay, I could be an artist or I could be like, you know, doing something creative like a painter. Um, and then once I started seeing the Star Wars films and seeing these like, amazing talent like talent just like making these movies happen back in the 70s when like none of this stuff was uh uh you know set in stone this was all like they were just learning the first time around like how to use a motion control camera or how to do special effects through stop motion to make a realistic character move around so they were all just kind of like experimenting and trying this stuff out like we now know the film industry completely differently now but back then like there's no guarantees on any of this stuff like they were just first time around like can we make a camera move over and over and over again to make sure the stars line up with the spaceship that line up with the asteroids and like everything work together so seeing them be able to like make a a film like star wars which is like one of the greatest films in my personal opinion uh that kind of gave me an idea that i could do this for a career and this could be a, like a career path for me and not just a hobby, not just, uh, something I do for fun. Uh, and that was about like high school age. So, um, I grew up in, 
East Coast and decided to go to uh, Ringling College, which was a really well-known computer animation school. And I thought that was, the trajectory was like, now that computer animation uh, superseded, uh, you know, the stop motion effects, it was all being done with computers uh, in the 90s and 2000s, like Jurassic Park and the the prequels. And uh, I thought that computer animation was the next thing I had to figure out because stop motion was kind of an older, uh, more like archaic version of special effects. Um, it's kind of short sighted that way, but you know, at the time you're, you're like, the internet was very new. There wasn't a whole lot of resources at the time. So I thought computer animation was the way to go. And so I strapped in and, and went down that path and for a couple of years, tried learning Maya and ZBrush and all these like computer programs to try to like become a Pixar uh, animator. Because I thought that was like the the path for me to like have a career in this this area, um, but yeah. Then I found out through watching more like Leica films and Fantastic Mr. Fox and a few of these other ones that the stop motion uh, is now a medium. It's not just a tool. It's a full on like we use stop motion as a form to tell stories and shows like Robot Chicken and Wallace and Gromit and these things. I became more aware of that like there's more potential there to stay within stop motion. It, it didn't have to rely on the computer side. I could still kind of find my uh, passion for it. I originally got into animation um, and kind of get back into my roots uh, and make the films I want to make with, with stop motion. Totally, man. Um, what, what was it like working on Robot Chicken? I'm sure we have a lot of people in here who used to watch Robot Chicken um, or maybe still do, but what, what, can you go into detail about like your role? I know you were an animator, but maybe some specific details or interesting stories you may have from that time. Yeah, that was a uh, really kind of hit me out of left field. Like it was, uh, you know, in turning as a small studio, that's just doing commercials and music videos. And, and then all of a sudden they, they like have a company meeting and say like, okay, we're expanding. We're, you know, uh, moving the, uh, the studio over in Burbank and, now we're going to be working on Robot Chickens, like going from zero to a hundred. Uh, and so for two years, I worked as a track reader, which is, um, if you're not familiar with like the, the the tools, it's basically how they make all the characters talk in stop motion. So they'll have a spreadsheet with all the the sounds, like the A E I O U, all the words, all the the actions and the and the sound effects in a uh, on a sheet, and that guide is what a stop motion animator uses to um, kind of play out their actions and their movements for the characters. So they need that information to like put on every single little sticker mouth on the character to, or to like deliver dialogue and to like make sure they really like when they make a character point, they accentuate on the right vowel sound. That's like really specific to the timing and to the, 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 the dialogue. Um, so for, it's basically glorified data entry, but like for me, it was a way to like kind of go up the ladder and kind of learn as I go and, and get my feet wet. Um, so it's very, very tough job, but it was uh, a good learning process for me. Um, but through that, I got to like bump into a bunch of celebrities. Like, you know, Robot Chicken has a lot of celebrity guests. Like, uh, like I just be at my desk and like Seth Green would be like, walking around like Steve Aoki and just like they pick up my toy, uh, you know, X-Wing fighter off the desk and be like, Oh yeah. Like this toy is like different than the last model because it has this feature. Like it's like, I have to like play it off as normal that like these two people I see on TV are just like hanging out around me, (laughs) just like talking to me and and around me. Uh, so you have to like really, kind of rise to the occasion and just like accept this all as normal, which is very not normal. (laughs) And like so much of that stuff happens on a daily basis at a studio like that. Um, But yeah, uh, but through that process, I got to, to, um, I I took a few classes with one of my uh, mentors and and, uh, the director I worked under, and I got to practice doing more of the stop motion that's geared for robot chicken, like just practice the, uh, um, the movements and the delivering a dialogue and, and prove to them that I could like uh, be a full-time animator there. And so I went up to assistant animating and assisting is basically like 
prepping the stages, uh, making sure all the puppets are ready, um, that they're tied to the stages properly. Um, basically setting everything up for the shot so an animator can just jump in, do the dialogue and not have to like wonder where stuff is and figure out like how to, you know, you know, pick up their tools and stuff. So everything's, it's, you know, basically a general assistant for, uh, for, for the studio space. Um, but yeah, then spending like six months there as an assistant, I got to rise up to animator and then I've been animating for the past, God, it's been like six or seven years. And it's, it's been a minute. Um, time kind of flies and, and I, I kind of forget sometimes some of the episodes I've worked on because we're like, it's such a fast paced show that you're kind of in this like weird tunnel vision when you're working sometimes that like you forget, you know, what you had for breakfast or you forget like what shot you were working on the day before. Like it's, I sometimes look at my shots and like, Oh yeah, I, I can't remember if I actually did that one or if someone else did. Awesome. Um, one quick question I have is what, what's, I know you've worked with a lot of big brands like Hallmark and Vice and you've done um, some pretty important animation. So what, what would you say is the biggest challenge you've had in stop motion, like trying to make something come to life? Like what's the hardest thing you've had to do? Well, the hardest thing I think is like the hardest thing is like coming to work when you're not uh, fully, fully invested in what you're doing. Like I, I know like this is a problem for anybody that goes to work every day, like, but like, you know, they, they, um, people talk to me sometimes about Robot Chicken being like a really fun job and stuff. And I, it's, it's, it's so much fun. Like there's so much fun to like bring to the job and it's like so entertaining and I enjoy like so much of it. But like with any job, like, you know, there's a part where like you're driving yourself to work. You had, a, you had a rough night before or something or like you went through a breakup and you had to like go through something and somehow still deliver uh, you know, acting and a performance. Uh, so I think like just the, you know, at the end of the day, this type of work is still work. There is a, a requirement, you know, for the studio to deliver a show at the end of the day. Um, so they have quotas, they have like, you know, assessments and stuff, just like any other company or job will have. Um, you know, it depends on the production sometimes, whether how like loose or firm they are with those rules, but um, you know, there's been times where like, you know, you are under stress to finish a shot. And the last thing I want to do is, you know, be there and be in the moment trying to make this happen because the creativity is just not coming to me. Um, so I think like, you know, that there are deadlines and stuff that come with the responsibility. Um, but, uh, I think that's kind of the biggest challenges. Um, I, I mean, besides that, yeah, the other one that just came to me was working with Tim Burton was kind of the hardest one because I worked directly under him and trying to deliver uh, um, sculptures to the Tim Burton was a little surreal. And uh, like that was a whole different type of like stress to like, you know, you, you hope he likes it and, and uh, there's no guarantees with that. And uh, thankfully he's a really nice guy. I found out that, uh, any changes or adjustments he was like really understanding and had to like walk me through a few things to kind of get the Tim Burton style. Um, so those are probably like my two top, uh, <laughs> top things I have to like worry about. So cool, dude. Um, so you've done all this, all this work in the fabrication and animation space. How did you get interested in NFTs and web three? And then how did you decide to like fuse your talents and find your place in this space? So uh, the, the NFT stuff, I think, was partially due to, like, I had a little bit of uh, interest in crypto from years ago. Like, I picked up, a, like, a little piece of Ethereum and, and Bitcoin, like, back in, like, 2016 or 2017. Uh, not too much, but, like, I'm not a big, like, crypto guy. Like, I don't talk to people about it, mostly. Um, I'm not, like, finance or stocks that much. Uh, so it was kind of, like, something I did off the side uh, on my own. And I heard about the Crypto Kitties years ago, and that was kind of interesting. Like they were doing something different with the blockchain, um, but to me, it was still kind of like it felt like just like a little experiment that people were doing, and I didn't really understand what uh, was involved with it at the time. And then a couple of years go by, and I start reading about crypto art. From what I read, was like this new 
art about crypto and there's like about like ethereum logos and bitcoin coins floating around and like it seemed very much about like the the logos and the like iconography that like at least in my head was just kind of like a little cheesy a little like um not that interesting to me um but then i think it was either people or someone else was coming out with a project around like december or january and that's what finally dawned on me that like oh wait this is um not just uh, artwork about crypto it's actually using um, the technology behind crypto as a medium to produce art and that to me was so interesting for my own work because um, anyone who's worked in like this kind of like time-based animation medium knows that there's very limited outlets for us to uh, produce work on our own it's very like you have YouTube you have uh, like Patreon or Kickstarter uh, but that all requires a lot of like ad revenue or like delivering um, like physical items and stuff. Like there's a lot of like extra parts to it that as an animator, you don't have the time for and or the resources for. Um, like I'm not a person who goes on YouTube and just talks about myself all the time. Like I, I don't have that um, you know, out facing personality type. So being a YouTuber didn't really interest me and being on TikTok didn't really interest me. So seeing NFTs, uh, it's showed me that there's another way to, um, as an artist, find um, some way to make a, a living or profit or uh, a business model for my art. Um, back in uh, my senior year of college, I had a, uh, a senior thesis, like a short film I made. And I thought like I was going to make this big, huge thesis and it's going to come out and I was going to release it on DVD at the time. This was like back in like, uh, 2011. So DVDs were still a thing. Um, but I made this DVD, made the packaging. I made like 20 of them and then I put them out there and nobody bought my DVD. It was like for like 10 bucks. So I made, I put all this work into it, put them out there for my, my show. And, and people were like, Oh, nice show. Like everything but no one bought my DVD and I was like, okay, well that was a big waste of time. But like that at the time, that was the only way I could see to like make uh, a few dollars off of the work I produced with my, my short film. Um, so like looking back, like there was a whole lot of ways to, to do that as an artist. Um, but now like the possibilities are completely like, you know, out there for NFTs. You can just, do whatever you want with anything time-based with animation with shorts with uh still images it, it's just uh it's been incredible awesome dude um so can you give everyone like a quick um intro to what is what is the lucky ducky project and um how'd you come up with the name like did you have a bunch of other ideas before or was it, did it kind of just come naturally yeah, so the, the basics of Lucky Ducky is uh, it's 7,777 uh, duck-based uh, PFP characters on the blockchain. It's going to be on Ethereum-based, and we're uh, hand-sculpting all of the assets. So it's me and my garage making every little mouth, every eye, every different color uh, character, um, and we're taking it into Photoshop and through the generator, so there will be, excuse me, 7,000 variations of these. And uh, they're all family friendly. So that was one important part for me was uh, keeping this something that, you know, when you mint it, you don't have to worry about what uh, gross items it's carrying or if it has like weapons or something. Like it's all something you can share with like your parents or your kids or your nephews. Like it's all um, very like out in the open, like very cool to like, you know, have kids draw the stuff if they want. Um, and to backtrack a little bit for this project, uh, initially it was me in a space, I think it was like creatures uh, space uh, back in September. Um, this, uh, this guy, Shrimpy UK, uh, he saw me in a, a creature space and he saw my little profile photo. And it's similar to the one I have now of my cool cat, but I did a uh, version of my cool cat uh, in, in clay and he saw this clay uh, cool cat and he, he was also interested in claymation and wanted to do a project of his own. 
but he's not an artist. He's a developer. He does coding. And so he reached out to me and said, Hey, I love what you do. Um, I'm really interested in doing a project, uh, but I'm not an artist. You know, what do you be down to uh, discuss working together and maybe collaborate on something? So at this point, like I was still doing derivatives and um, doing some versions for uh, cool cats for people. But I was also interested in pursuing my own project. Uh, I know that um, when you tie yourself so close to, excuse me, someone else's project, you run the risk that, you know, if something changes overnight, you know, they either change the way they're working with partners or a project gets, you know, flooded or something, you can lose your whole business model if you're so tightly tied to another project. Um, so I was kind of thinking about next steps and what I wanted to do uh, for myself. And there have been other times people had come to me and said, like, hey, I want you to do a stop motion. Can you work with me turning our characters into clay or, or something? And uh, that was interesting, but like kind of felt more like me working for a job where I would just be another artist working for a brand that ha already has their whole style and characters and everything figured out. But uh, Shrimpy UK came to me and the way we talked felt very open-ended that there wasn't anything he demanded of me or it wasn't like a top-down approach. So we started spitballing. We talked about like t types of characters, if they're human or animal or like how many or like if they're Ethereum or which blo you know, blockchain they'll work with. And we started kind of drilling down and figuring out like, you know, where our interests lie and what type of characters we want to produce. And for me, like, you know, I, I wanted to do something very family friendly. Like I think claymation is very well suited for doing that. Like we all watch like cartoons growing up and, and still like to this day, I like watching cartoons and animated series. And I kind of prefer doing stuff that's like, not just like gritty and, and dark for gritty and dark sake. Um, I like something more that's like, tongue-in-cheek like old Nickelodeon cartoons um so that's where my my head is like I, I I'm okay with like you know Bored Apes and all these other projects that are like more adult oriented but for me personally I just gravitate towards more of the like cool cats and the toy boogers and the like star catchers and all these projects that are like kind of feel more like Saturday morning cartoons to me and this is just early on we were talking about what we wanted but um, yeah, we just kind of like started spitballing and we decided on animals. Uh, I thought that would be a way more easier conversation to have about like different traits and different colors and, and stuff. And instead of dealing with people where you have to talk about like lots of issues on uh, gender and race and all this stuff that comes into the, the mix, um, I think like the ducks, uh, animal projects in general, you get to have a much more open and a discussion on like, you know, like whether it's, uh, you know, a character with uh, eyes and and glasses or a smile, like it, it becomes more about the the cute aspects or the fun aspects of it rather than having to deal with these like heavier topics in, in the project. Um, and then uh, once we started working together, I asked if I was, it was cool to bring on um, this uh, friend of mine who goes by Goblin Town, and he's this awesome uh, artist in his own right, doing um, like hand drawn uh, images and, and characters. And he's a much better uh, illustrator than I am. Like, I'll, I'll be first to admit that. So, having him help me out with uh, doing the, the designs, um, we got to our final character models way faster than if I was doing this on my own. Um, we used spitball ideas back and forth and come up with you know like does it have like a long face or like a real fat you know wide character or like you know what colors work together and like he was able to like kind of concept develop with me on on that end and we tried like different animals and whether it's ducks or you know sheep or um different types of pigs and stuff but the ducks to me like were way more interesting and fun and there were just like so many fun stuff you could do with them with like um like saying like let's duck and go was just like something that like popped in it was like that's perfect and uh yeah so that's kind of where the whole concept came from 
Awesome. Um, do we have a mint price and date that people want to know? Uh, we have a mint price, so it's going to be 0. 0.0777. Um, that's to keep things lucky and, and try to keep things still relatively like, uh, fair for people who are just getting into NFTs to mint. Um, we don't have a date set yet. We're, uh, we're still talking about a few dates in mind. Um, but we're, we want to make sure that like everything is like super solid on the generative side with making sure all the assets work together. And we have a few things we're like working on and testing that, um, I can't share too much about, but like, if we can pull this off, I think it's going to really put this project over the top, even just beyond the fact that it's a stop motion generative project. Um, I, I wish I could share more, but we haven't announced any anything in that realm yet. So it's it's still kind of while we're testing, we can't uh, can't talk about it too much because we don't want to you know overshare and then disappoint people down the line if it's if it doesn't work out. Totally, um, I've gotten these awesome uh, airdrops from like doing your scavenger hunts and events. Um, and are you guys did an, an in real life scavenger hunt too? Um, can you talk a little bit about like how you've been thinking about building that community and um, talk about the the metal uh, thing that you made for the scavenger hunt? I think that was super dope. Thanks. Yeah. The, um, the, I think this kind of goes back to one of my initial like the ideas for this project was I wanted it to be very like, um, I don't know, friendly and inviting to the space that like, I feel like a lot of projects not to name any names, but I think a lot of projects like they've kind of priced themselves out of a lot of people who are just getting into NFTs who like are really enthusiastic, but you know, don't have 0.5 or two ETH to like spend on every single mint. Um, so uh, the airdrop uh, kind of came out of that where, you know, there's people who are spending all this time in our discord, you know, they want to take a, you know, take a chance and get, uh, an allow list spot uh, that we call it uh, priority pass, but they want to get a priority pass. So they're trying all the games and trying all the contests and they may not get everything. So, you know, but they're trying and they're, you know, they're sticking around and, and being very friendly. So we came up with a way to, uh, even if they don't win a priority pass through our games, we, we found out a couple ways to uh, give them a little bit of a, like uh, a fun, you know, freebie, like a, a little airdrop trying to, uh, you know, just give like a little thank you for participating because we know that like not everybody has all the time in the world for this stuff. So just by them taking part and, you know, being active in our discords and, and you know, playing along with the games and stuff, like we want to give them something. So uh, we did one for, uh, there's a detective game where they had to find uh, kind of like an I spy on the page and we gave him a little uh, badge that said like, you know, detective and had a little shine on it. There was one that was like a pirate map. They had to find little clues to like where the, the pirate uh, treasure was. And we gave him a little, uh, a little um, pirate uh, airdrop after that happened. But even uh, separate from the games, we did uh, one around the holidays. It was just, if you were in our discord around, um, around new years, we just gave you an airdrop for being in the community because, you know, so many people have waited uh, for months at this point. And unfortunately this process is so time consuming that, you know, we would have loved to have released in November, December, but that wasn't in the cards just by how much work is involved with this, uh, this project. So we wanted to like thank people for just being around and being friendly and not like pushing us too hard to like, to make everything happen uh, when it wasn't ready. Um, so we gave everybody a little airdrop, a little holiday thank you. And I think that's kind of like, kind of our ethos is just like, I want to give back to the community in ways that, you know, beyond just the, uh, the generative series, like some people may not even be able to afford, uh, you know, the, the mint price at this point, like, and that's fine. Like, you know, I don't expect everybody to be able to drop a couple hundred bucks on an NFT, but you know, maybe they're in the discord and can get a free airdrop, you know, in the future. So that's definitely something that we're trying to keep, uh, keep doing for, uh, 
for the, the fan base and people are in, in our, uh, our little discord. Awesome. Um, I think oh, this is, a, huh? Sorry. sorry. I, yeah. Sorry. You mentioned the, uh, ducks or the, uh, scavenger hunt. I forgot about that part. Um, yeah. And the scavenger part, uh, that was they They look gold, but they're actually uh, a plastic resin. So they're like, they're still solid, but, uh, I don't have the, the budget, unfortunately to make real gold, uh, ducks really could make plastic ones. Um, but my partner and I, we, uh, we cast 30, uh, of these golden duckies. And, um, when we went to Miami, we, uh, went out and, uh, around the art Basel and we had 10 of these ducks and they're actually physical, uh, golden, uh, ducks that you could find. And if you did, you were ent- entered into a contest and, uh, also, uh, you put on the priority pass. So it's just like a fun way to like, when we're doing these events and we're going out into the world, like we want to bring lucky ducky with us and kind of like make a fun little game out of it. So we have two more events coming up. Uh, we want to do one in uh, LA and give out the rest of those. But we also have some, uh, off in London where, uh, my developer Shrimpy UK is based out of. So he's going to help me at some point, uh, put out some uh, London uh, golden ducks. So might be something to look forward to. Very sick. Um, I think we're going to bring up Shammy now to do our Poe app for the day. I think it's a perfect time. I think it is a perfect time as well. Can you hear me loud and clear? Yep. I want to make sure I can speak uh, and everyone can hear me. Uh, great talk, Will. I know this is the first time you're hosting uh, the space, and I just want to say uh, you're doing a great job, so keep it up, brother. Um, for today's POE app, first of all, a POE app stands for Proof of Attendance Protocol, and basically it is a free NFT that is minted on the Ethereum blockchain that acts as proof that you were here, you attended this space, you learned something, and hopefully uh, you really like the project as well. With that being said, for today's POE app, you will need the mobile app to claim it, like most of them. So if you do not have the mobile app, uh, I suggest you download it now, either in the Google Play or Apple App Store. But if you do have the app, I highly suggest that now you open it up. And once you have your app open, you're going to hit the plus button or the mint button in the bottom right-hand corner. Once you have that open, there'll be a list of different options. You're going to click on secret word. Now for today's secret word or phrase, I was inspired by just lucky ducky. And it kind of brought me back to my childhood a little bit as well. And I don't know if everyone is familiar with the duck song on YouTube, the, you know, then he waddled away, waddle, waddle, waddle to the very next day. And he asked for lemonade every day. And there's one specific question that that duck asked, and that is going to be today's secret word. So today's secret word is got any grapes with a question mark at the end. It's going to be all lowercase. The secret word is the phrase, got any grapes? Grapes as in the purple fruit that comes in bundles or bunches, is it? I'm not so sure. But that is a secret word slash phrase for today. Got any grapes, question mark. That's all lowercase. Love it. So, Will, can I get a confirmation that you were able to mint? I was. Thank you so much. And Will, I have another question. Got any grapes? <laughs> um, thank you, Shammy. Sweet. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I'm going to kick it back on to you, uh, and we can continue on with the space. And before we end, I'll make sure to announce it again for those who potentially have missed it, uh, ha- have a second chance to claim. So, Will, back to you. Perfect. Um, I think I want to leave enough time definitely for people to ask questions because I know Jeremy has a lot that he could um, tell. So I want to open up the floor. If anyone has questions, can you please request to come on the stage? And um, James can bring you up. If we don't have any questions, that's cool, too. I can just keep going.
looks like we have someone here. Welcome. <clears throat> Hello, how are you? Hey, Can you doing good. Yep. Oh, okay, awesome. So I just want to start out by saying I love your project. I love the art. I love that it's kid-friendly. Hey, um, what's your question? Oh, wait, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear oh. you. Okay. Uh, so my question is, um, is there anything that you're doing? And if so, what is it that you're doing um, to kind of outreach more to, to kids in the NFT space? Oh, that's a, uh, yeah, that's great. I mean, uh, thanks for your question. And, and uh, yeah, the, we have to kind of walk this fine line uh, with the NFT space. I mean, just for me personally, I, I don't want to get uh, to some place where we're like having kids grabbing their parents' wallets and like minting stuff for like thousands of dollars. So, I mean, that's for starters is we have to be very kind of delicate with. Um, but I think like, if we can be uh, aware of that and then, um, but also making something that, you know, like people are really invested in this NFT space. Like it's taken up like hours of their day. Like they're, you know, spending a lot of time in the discords and on Twitter. And, and like, this is a part, a big part of people's lives now that like are in the space. And, you know, I like trying to um, build this in such a way where, you know, if, since there's already parents and there's already like people with like nieces and nephews and, and grandparents and stuff like to have a project that um, is already like ready for that conversation to have with like your significant other or your kids or your, your grandparents or like, you know, it's, I think like um, we can kind of like walk and chew bubblegum if that makes sense. We can um, be both like for adults to mint and to hold on to, but also be um, open to say like if we develop a, a series of like printouts for um, like a coloring book, like if some, if uh, kids want to like color in their like, you know, favorite lucky ducky, um, I think like there's a way to do this responsibly in this space where we're not like kind of like the, the doing the same thing that happened back in the eighties and nineties where like all these toy brands were coming out with cartoons to try to push their toys on kids. Um, we can try to be a little bit more responsible with that and, but you know, still make this fun. And, you know, like I'm not opposed to doing a toy line, but like, I want to make sure that, we're not leaping into stuff um, right off the bat that like adds gambling or adds like some more adult things that like kids aren't ready for just like, you know, getting tokens and stuff like that's, you know, so many games uh, had issues with that in the past like 10 years where, you know, to play this cartoon game, you have to like get the, um, the currency and to get the currency, you had to like get your parents, uh, you know, Apple wallet or something to use it. So building in those kind of safeguards, I want to be like really careful with uh, going forward. So kind of like not jump into something just because we can, but like, how can we do this responsibly and how can we do things um, the right way? Um, because we are like kind of the first people in the space. We need to like, you know, be kind of mindful that not everything, not every idea has to be used just because, games exist, toys exist, TV shows exist. Uh, we can kind of like be kind of careful with this stuff going forward. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you. Thanks so much for your question. Anybody else? Yeah, just just brought up Liz. Hey, Liz. Hey, everybody. Um, this is so cute. I love it. So the first oh, clay project that I saw was claylings and I purchased one and um, that was about four months ago. And I was like, wow, you know, this is like crazy. This is like a new thing in the NFT space. I've never seen is clay things <laughs> or like clay objects or clay characters, but it's not family friendly, I would say like yours is. Um, and so it made me think like, will and so the reaction in the NFT space hasn't been there. So I'm curious, I think with like your background in like the, with all the TV shows and, um, the clay cats. I'm curious also, are there going to be more clay cats? Um, I think this project will be very successful. And I'm curious if you're going to have a show, like some type of YouTube show or something like that, 
um, or maybe even just you moving the characters like a, a time lapse so we could see the process because claymation is very interesting. So I think it would be fun for everyone to see. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Uh, no, that's great. Um, we are definitely looking at a show. Um, you know, we have to be kind of like delicate with this time that, uh, you know, we can't talk about everyone we're talking with, but, um, you know, the, my background, uh, like I've, I pitched a couple of shows, uh, like years ago. So I already have a background in like, you know, a, a traditional thing is a pitch Bible where you have kind of like the outline of your characters and story and, and maybe like a short animation and going to these, uh, meetings with studios, uh, helps a little bit with planning for our ne next steps. So, uh, you know, we already have some contacts and we have some kind of like feeling out our interests a little bit. Uh, it's all really hard to do pre-mint because we're kind of like an untested project so far. Um, but we're kind of setting up our, um, our, all of our resources and tools we um, will hopefully have ready for the next phase. And um, yeah, and I think like uh, a lot of, sh a lot of projects talk about having a show Um but they don't have um, the knowledge of what all goes into it. Like it takes like six months to a year on uh, something for uh, for a streaming service, um, sometimes longer in, in development. Um, a web series can take a lot shorter, but it still takes a lot of like animators and writers and all those, all those resources. Um, so trying to set expectations that you know, we're start, we're going to hit the ground running on this stuff, but, um, you know, this stuff doesn't happen overnight, unfortunately. Uh, and I think the speed of which the FT space goes at, it's hard to keep pace with, um, the TV production pipeline or, uh, even a game development studio. Um, so we're trying to also like, you know, set expectations early on that like, we're not going to have a show ready in, in a month. Um, claymation is unfortunately one of the hardest uh, versions of animation. Um, it, it's very time-consuming, very like stressful process. Uh, anyone who's tried to like move a character around in stop motion can you know can uh, agree with that. Um, but uh, I have all the resources uh, at my disposal working in entertainment. That um, if say we get the green light through uh, one of our connections to make a show, to um, make a, a series, um, we can ramp up production and kind of meet the, uh, the needs of whatever we, uh, we come to. Awesome. Thank you. And are the clay cats done with, or will you drop any more of those? Oh, yeah. Cause I saw there were only five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, I have a roster of, of people I need to get back to. So there, there are some there, uh, that I want to continue on. Um, unfortunately, like the lucky ducky has taken up all my spare times. Uh, but, uh, if I do have some time, uh, after we mint, I do want to get back to some of those and, and keep doing some derivatives. Awesome. Thank you so much. Congratulations. I'm looking forward to the project. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for coming up, Liz. I uh, brought up William T as well. It says William T loves Lucky Duckies. <laughs> Yeah, so William, I'll intro William. William is our uh, part of our team. He is the fourth member, and he is our liaison and connections. And he, he knows basically anyone you can think of. He's a world traveler and amazing speaker. So um, he's been an amazing asset for our our team to like bounce ideas off and build connections and uh, just kind of like get this little tiny project to be seen by a wider audience. And uh, yeah, so I hope I didn't like blow you too much will, but um, yeah, he's amazing. Awesome name too. <laughs> I love you so much, Jeremy. I love the lucky duckies. And um, in terms of being in the NFT space for a while, I've seen all types of projects launch with different results and different marketing and different community building. And for us, we just wanted the most organic community building possible. We didn't want to hype it up. We didn't want a giant pump and then have people have um, unrealistic expectations 
for me and Jeremy and uh, Shrimpy, uh, for a lot of us, this is a project for life. We're going to be building this forever. Um, and I'm just blessed and grateful to know the people that I know in this industry and other industries. And for us, it's going to be always innovating and figuring out how to, ha how to have as much fun um, as possible. Um, in leading a couple of projects, um, I've just seen how projects can move really quickly, how hype can really build up a project. But at the same time, if what's promised isn't delivered in a very timely manner, like exactly on time, it can actually have detrimental effects for the project. Um, so there are a couple of things that um, Jeremy is working on and he's planned out. Um, I, I don't want to say too much, but just know that um, ducks love eggs, especially Easter eggs. So we're not going to reveal anything, but it's going to be like one of those things, hopefully, that years down the road, people are still discovering from the project. So <laughs> we're very, very excited. All I can say is let's duck and go. <laughs> let's duck and go. Let's duck and go. Yeah, no, Will, Will is uh, putting a good point too that like we want to under promise and over deliver on this where like, you know, I think with the roadmap uh, uh, strategies that have come in the past, like you can, you can put anything on a roadmap and it doesn't come to fruition in like a year and people get really upset and disappointed because all these promises are, are really hard to keep with, you know, games and, and shows and all this stuff. It's, it's super hard to uh, run like five different productions under one, you know, team. Um, so we're, we're trying to really kind of like stagger our uh, expectations of this project. Uh, we'd rather surprise people than to disappoint. Um, so that's kind of our MO uh, at this point. Dope. Would love to get some more questions from the community. Anybody else have questions? Yeah, I I just brought up Javier. Hey, Javier. Welcome to the stage. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, so this is really great. I love that this is something more focused on for kids. I was wondering, like, what kind of lessons do you want to pass down to kids, like, in this aspect, like, down the line? Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, we're still developing the the story elements of this, but um, as far as like passing down the kids, I, I think uh, definitely like pushing the creativity part that like you can take these characters and you can make a fun variation of, you know, in clay or drawing or painting. Um, but uh, for the story elements, we're kind of toying with the idea of like these characters are going off on adventures so really trying to r remind people of like the uh imaginative parts of like childhood of like you know your your duck could be like you know in space or it could be like fighting dragons or it could be like you know all these things are like kind of potential and trying to like build in that creativity like the the shows i watched as a kid like um uh, muppet babies or like uh these shows were like there's already like a series of characters, but they all kind of like would off go off and do uh, separate things or like they would go off on different adventures that seem like totally unrelated, but it's all based on imagination and about what they're coming up with in their own heads. So I think that um, being in this PFP space, like the fact that you can have a ducky with like a spacesuit or a ducky with um, angel wings, like there's so many like fun questions you can say like well why is that ducky have angel wings like or why is that ducky like wearing a, a puffy jacket or a pirate hat like there's so many fun story elements that can come about and we want to keep it kind of open-ended that like you know we're not going to be like telling kids that like this no this is the story you know we're only telling one story with these lucky duckies uh, we want to kind of keep it very like fun and you know like there's Maybe in the future we'll do some like story contests or um, different games and contests with that. Um, 
but yeah, I think like the imagination part is, is really like, it feels really right to me in this, this space of like, you know, there's 7,000 variations. So why can't there be like 7,000 stories to tell in the space with these characters? Um, and they're all imaginative duckies going off on adventures. That's great. I love that. And like, especially because um, I, I wanted to ask that because like kids at a young age, their minds are like malleable. So, I mean, I, you got to be, I mean, you could tell you have good intent, but um, I like that. It's just more of just letting them have their own creativity and just letting them know they have the power in that sense. So I love it. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the question. Thank you, Javier. And nice book games, by the way. I uh, I also brought up Vinny. Vinny, if you uh, have a question, feel free to ask. Oh, Hi, thank Vinny. you. Hello. Uh, thank you so much, 137PM team. You know how much I'm a great fan. Uh, and hello to all of my friends here. I can see them. So, Lucky Ducky, I do have a quick question for you. Incredible project, what you're doing. I was listening to you. Any recommendation for a person who's just getting started, doesn't have a huge social media following, uh, any tidbits you have for people like us? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, are you so, uh, Are you interested in making your own project or, or starting your own uh, T-series or are you more about yes. collecting? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I would say uh, take a lot of time to just be in spaces like what you're doing in discords. Um, uh, anytime you spend on Twitter, like researching and learning is, is what's going to help you out long-term here. Uh, and also building connections with other creators and artists out here. Um, you know, I wouldn't be able to do this space right now had it not been for uh, being connected to the cool cat team. So I reached out to them. I met up with them at different events. Um, but it was because of those connections I built that I was able to ask questions and kind of get feedback and show them what I'm working on. And it's very much like this feels like uh, a little bit like college to me where you're in a class with a bunch of other uh, artists and you can either spend that time like off on your own working on your personal work or you can be getting critique and getting feedback and bouncing ideas off each other. Um, I think that I tend to not want to be competitive with other people in this space. I think that like, that's a huge, uh, issue I have is when people come in here and expect to have a competition with other artists and think that someone who does a similar style or has similar ideas is your competition. I think that like building connections is always going to help you a thousand times more than trying to build, uh, walls uh, around yourself. So that's one major part for me that's helped me out so much. Um, but yeah, and also don't feel like you have to like come up with something right away. Uh, this has been a year of learning and developing and, and stuff in the process that, you know, I, I came in here about March or February of last year and I didn't, you know, there, there wasn't any, any uh, PFP projects back in, March through uh, April that I was interested in. Um, only like when Board Apes and Cool Cats came around did I finally start to like understand what they were doing and kind of pick up some ideas on that. So definitely take the time and don't feel like you have to rush something out the door uh, just to be a part of the space. You can come out with something. If it doesn't work out, you can learn from that. But uh, don't feel like you're under any heavy pressure and, and because uh for me i'd i'd rather make something that i'm really proud of that i'm really excited about rather than than the first idea i had back in march that i abandoned and, and came up with a better idea i that might have kind of uh pressured me to like leave nfts completely had i um rushed something out that wasn't ready and didn't work out um so that's yeah, two main things I can think of that uh, would would be really helpful in this space. Thank you so much, Lucky. This definitely helps. Thank you very much. Of course. Thank you for your question, Vinny. Thank you. I think we have time for one more question. Yeah, I brought up. I might butcher this, but I think it's Jaguar. 
Ethereum.eth. I like your little lemon with your crypto Ray Ray pet. We like GM. the Ray Rays and the lemons. GM, thank you so much. Um, yes, yeah, um, quick question. Um, <clears throat> I just, this is my first time bumping into you, and um, I love your art. You know, I love the duckies. It's awesome. And I just wanted to ask you a question. Do you have any inspiration of, like, you know, any clay animation cartoons, maybe uh, Wallace and Gromit? Or the movie Chicken Run. I don't know. Something that like really, really cemented you to dive into like clay animation. Yeah, the um I mean I was watching uh clay shows as a kid, not realizing that they were stop motion. And I think like that stuff like gets in your brain at a really young age and kind of like sits back there and and uh, kind of dictates what you're gonna be into. So I remember like watching there's this show called like I don't know if anyone else remembers this, but it's called Bump in the Night. It was like a like a Fox Kids show, like eight AM, like wake up to watch it. And that was all claymation and and, and uh puppets and stuff. But yeah, the uh it was such a um a weird thing that like you watch this stuff as a kid, and you don't realize how it's impacting you or affecting you. And yeah, I mean I, I watched like Lost and Gromit and Nightmare Before Christmas and even like uh, when I got a little bit older, like Fantastic Mr. Fox, um, California Raisins even, like I was a little bit young for that, but like all this stuff kind of like impacts you in weird ways and you're like not quite ready for until you're older. You're like, oh wait, that's why I watched those shows growing up is because I was like into this medium um, and and just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it, it just kind of like sits with you in, in, in weird ways. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I mean, me personally, the smile from the dog, the Wallace and Gromit, for some reason, that's just like embedded in my brain. It's just something so pure, like it touches my heart. But thank you, man. Thank you. I think we can take one more. I don't want to cut it off right now. One more question, if we can. We don't have any requests at the moment. If okay. we could maybe get Shammy up here to do the uh, Poep again. Yep, yep. That's perfect. Thank you. Here we go. We actually have chinsunday.eth. All right. After Chin, um, Shammy can do the Poep one more time for everyone who didn't get it the first time. Welcome, Chin. Hey, what's going on? I wasn't sure if I was going to get the question in. Um, yeah, I just wanted to ask, uh, especially with, you know, a project and a community based around incorporating children, um, something that I've thought about myself, actually, um, you know, moderators in Discord obviously keep things um, fun and safe for the most part. But are there any extra precautions or anything that you guys are doing as a project to kind of moderate your, your community and make sure that it's still safe and friendly for kids? Yeah, I think the... Um the discord space is kind of uh we have to be careful with like we don't want like kids in our discord interacting with adults all the time like we only have a couple of moderators so we're trying to keep the, this that part mostly for adults um and you know twitter is kind of like an adult space for the most part i think you have to be like 13 or 14 to even make an account um yeah i think like if we can um going forward just like kind of set this up as like adult first, but like, you know, geared for, uh, for kids, uh, as the medium progresses with like TV shows and toys. Um, I think just trying to be like kind of aware and cautious, um, like, I don't want to get to the point where we're coming out with like a mobile game that requires, uh, you know, kids to like take their parents, you know, money to spend on, uh, currency or something like that's one thing that we're, we're like really trying to be careful with and you know at, at end of the day like nfts is uh it's trading and it's investing and it's a little bit of a gambling aspect to it so you know as much as we can try to pull back from uh from kids being part of that like we want to be overly cautious and less um so you know it's for adults to have that they can present to kids for the pictures and for the animation stuff but end of the day like i want to make sure that like 
it's adults with their wallets who are making these decisions and these purchases and stuff. So I think that's kind of our like uh, baseline uh, line of thinking with it. Um, and maybe we'll figure out new avenues and new ways to like um, work with uh, either children's programming or with toy lines and stuff so we can be careful, but also inviting at the same time. But we're still at the very, very early stages of this. So I think, yeah, Discord, is, we're trying to keep mostly for adults just because, you know, we're not there 24-7. We have moderators helping us out. Um, but we definitely want to make sure that, like, we don't have young kids in the Discord when, you know, things – people can pop in there and join, and there's sometimes bots and stuff. So still have to be really careful with that stuff at this point. Yeah, it can get away from you quick. So it makes sense. It actually – you know, the way you look at it sounds a lot like um, if anybody saw the Nickelodeon documentary, how they started in like kind of adults for kids where programming and things could be created for them. But sounds really cool. Really excited to see how things develop. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for your question, Chin. And Shami, if you could please do the honors one more time. Yeah, yeah. One sec. Uh, can you hear me loud and clear? I think we can. Sweet. So for those who potentially join this space late, I'm not going to explain what a PO app is. You just need to know that if you want to claim today's PO app, you'll need the PO app mobile app. And the secret word for today is the phrase, got any grapes, question mark. All lowercase, all one word, got any grapes, question mark. And it's the character of the question mark. You're not going to type out the word question mark to clarify. It's the unique symbol. Thank you so much, Shami. Of course, of course. You're welcome. So everyone, make sure you claim that. And I want to thank Jeremy a lot for his time today, for coming on the stage. And um, thank you, 1.37 p.m., for letting me host. Um, thank you, everyone in the audience, for taking your time to listen. And I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Hi, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out every single live Twitter space on our Twitter at 1.37 p.m.